I may have already read this. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identity any or identify anyone using their full name. There will be audio recordings of this workshop, which you may purchase outside in the foyer. This workshop will have speakers followed by Ask It Basket questions. During the workshop, please keep the basket moving. The topic for this session is Acceptance is the Key, Joy in Practicing Abstinence. The principle is responsibility. We will begin with a selection from Seeking the Spiritual Path, page 30. Today I can accept responsibility for myself. I have to be willing to take action. I have to be willing to admit I am powerless over food and then do something about it. So first, we're going to let's welcome Marnoush, our first speaker. Hello, everybody. I'm Marnoush. I'm food addict and compulsive overeater. Well, uh, I started program uh, 4th of July, 2007. And uh, very soon, uh, 4th of July is coming. So it's going to be close to nine years. Uh, and I lost 70 pounds. It took me one year to lose the 70 pounds. And uh, my first day after my last relapse was April 25, 2008. And uh, I don't count the days because for me, every day is day one. And unfortunately, this disease is a progressive disease. It doesn't matter how long I have been abstinent in the past. Today is day one. And uh, also, my size from size 1X, now I'm in 6, 8. It depends on the style of the dress. Sometimes I wear 4 also. So um, uh, before I tried uh, OA on... Um, April, uh, on uh, July uh, 4, 2007, I tried it twice before that. The first time I had little kids and uh, I had a sponsor and after half a day, I called her and I said, you know what, I cannot do that. And I said, okay, I, I guess that problem was willingness. I was not willing to do it. And the second time I went to um, another meeting and because my friends were there and I went there and I noticed, uh, you know, oh, these are just a bunch of depressed people and I'm not one of them. Uh-uh. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I left. And after that, I was invited to a wedding, and nothing fits me. And I go to Macy's, buy something, nothing fits me, and grandma's clothes, um, nothing, nothing is good. And uh, so I'm so depressed, and I was close to age 40. All of this happened, so 39. And uh, I, another thing, uh, it motivated me to come um, in my father's side, uh, blood sugar is a problem, and uh, I mean diabetes. 
and my um, uh, cousin who died of diabetes at age 48, that really scared me. And during my pregnancies, I had uh, gestational diabetes, and uh, everywhere I read about diabetes, they said after age 40 or older, there is a big chance that um, you're going to get diabetes. And I said, I don't want to end up with my cousin because when he uh, died, uh, uh, my father and my uncle, they went to turn off the uh, life support because he was in bad shape. He was not uh, taking care of himself. So he went to uh, dialysis and then coma. It, it was a very painful death. And I said, you know what? I don't want my uh, family go through that. So that was another motivation to come. And another, the third one was my children. My son was hap um, uh, had a weight problem. Those are the pictures. Could you please? Uh, sorry. Thank you. And um, I remember uh, my son looking at me, and he came back from the school, and then uh, he had snack. Shortly after that, we had dinner, and then he went for second. And I told him, are you really hungry? You just had snack and now dinner. You had your first plate. You are going for second. And he said, Mom, you are going for second. I want second too. And that really hit, hit me. And uh, my husband always told me, uh, you know, our son is looking at you. And I said, no, no, no. And I was angry at my husband. No, no, you always say it's mom's f uh, fault. And that was true. But I was ignoring the truth. And my son was looking at me, how I'm eating. And uh, now I lost the weight and how I'm eating he really wants to do that. And thank God he lost the weight and uh, he's watching it, uh, how he wants to eat healthier. So uh, that's wonderful. This program, it's a blessing in our family life. And um, also uh, acceptance uh, is the subject of uh, topic of this meeting. Acceptance, oh boy, serenity prayer, and that's the formula of my life. And whenever I have a hard time in my life, ups and downs in my life, I just uh, go to serenity prayer and I say, okay, God, please give me that wisdom to know what I need to accept and what I can change. And uh, thank God, it has been very helpful for me. I remember a um, few years ago, uh, my husband, uh, uh, we found, well, that was the time my mom had a knee replacement surgery. We found out my, hus uh, my husband had a um, colon cancer. And then my dad has Alzheimer, and at that time he was acting up because my mom was in rehab center, my husband going through the surgery and all of this. And thank God, thank God it was stage one uh, cancer, and the doctor took care of it by just uh, surgery. And uh, that, and going through all of this, my thyroid got uh, underactive. I started to gain weight. I felt depression and going through all of this. And now, uh, and 
the worst part, going through all of this, gaining weight. I mean, I said, oh my gosh, you almost lost your husband. Your mom went through so much pain and you're worried about the uh, weight. And I believe uh, that's the mind of food addiction and compulsive overeater. And uh, thank God I have the program. And at that time, acceptance was very helpful. And um, with seeing my mom going through so much pain with the knee replacement surgery, I said, okay, accept the situation. You cannot do anything. Just, you know, just leave it to your higher power and ask your, uh, ask the doctor whatever they can do. And uh, just be there for your mom and help her. And also for my husband, um, I was there for all of the lab, uh, lab he needed to go, all the tests, CT scan, and um, he was really very happy and uh, appreciated me. And he hugged me and said, thank you for being here for me. And that never happened in the past, and I wasn't that strong. And because of the program, I got strong, and I said, you know, sometimes I cried, and crying is nothing bad about it. I, it's just feeling coming out, and so, so I wasn't fighting with my feelings. I just felt them, and feelings are temporary. So that's why it helped me to be strong for all of these people, and with my dad's uh, Alzheimer, uh, I also accepted that, and uh, I said, okay, accept the things I cannot change. I cannot change my dad's Alzheimer, and uh, now these days, um, he's in advanced level, and uh, sometimes he says some stuff, and I know one day he won't recognize me, and uh, but I remember at the beginning six years ago when doctor told me I went to one of my meetings and I was crying. You know he won't recognize me one day. He doesn't know if I'm her daughter or someone else. And then going through the process of crying, getting sad, and uh, you know, but because of the program, because of the twelve step and acceptance, it helped me to live my life. And I said, as the program says, one day at a time. This is the same with the situation with my dad, uh, Alzheimer. And uh, life is much easier. And when I live one day at a time, and acceptance, and for me, acceptance and having a, a open mind, it helps so much. And life, I can live my life, not survive it. And also another um, situation, uh, it was in April 12th this year, I went to Iran. And uh, originally I'm from Iran. And for four weeks I was there. I went with my parents and uh, because uh, we went to my aunt's house. Uh, my parents, they had some stuff in my uh, aunt's um, basement. We needed to clean up some of the furniture, some of their stuff. So um, I went there with them because my mom said, uh, you know, uh, I cannot handle your dad. I need your help to come. And, oh, Boy, that was scary for me. And I said, oh, with my dad Alzheimer, mama, my mom also has depression. And 
oh, I shouldn't say anger management, but <laughs> uh, he, she gets really frustrated. She's, ow, and um, she's also overweight, very overweight, and she started to gain weight so much that uh, her knee starting uh, really hurting. But um, going over there, and uh, I said, you know, Mernush, in the past, your higher power, your God of understanding was with you. Just try uh, trust your higher power again. You're going to be fine. Because in the past, I went to Iran. It was usually only for two weeks. And I could handle the food. I could handle the emotions and everything. But this time, four weeks. But uh, I said, you know, just trust your higher power. Go. And I went there, um, you know, the flight, I had my abstinence food with me through the flight, and it was almost like 24 hours. So I had like four or five meals with me. And uh, that was interesting. The uh, flight attendant brought me some food, and uh, I said, no, thank you. And if my parents, they wanted, I kept it, giving them the food um, I couldn't eat. So um, that was uh, good, and food wasn't the problem. That's amazing. When I'm praying, when I'm with my higher power, um, how I'm peaceful being with my dad, who is Alzheimer, who has an Alzheimer, and my dad, uh, my mom's uh, depression. Oh my God, it's, uh, your dad is doing this. That's okay. That's okay, mom. Don't worry. And that was miracle. That was miracle. And uh, I went there, and then I tried to find OA in Iran. And uh, I found online the contact person. God bless him. He helped me to find the uh, OA meeting over there, even though traffic is terrible over there. And I have to wear the scarf and the long dress and all of this. I said, no, I need the meeting. I went there, and uh, there are places it was interesting. Uh, whenever I called the cabs and, uh, you know, uh, people, we have no idea where is that place. And uh, they they were usually in county center, which was in small parks. And uh, I said, okay, I'll call this cab, ask them to help me to get there. And then uh, I'll, I'll call the contact person. Contact person was available, and he helped me to find the place. It was amazing. And uh, I am from OA 90 Day, and thank God it's a blessing this program offers OA, OA 90 Day, OA How. And OA 90 Day is more structured, and uh, it is um, the way it helps me. Um, you know, it's a great match for my needs. And uh, so going over there, and uh, that was very interesting. Men sitting one side, women sitting another side. And I go and sit to the men's section because there were only two men. And then they said, no, you need to move to the other side. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was very interesting experience. And then I said, oh, my gosh. They're f um, I have been living in United States for uh, 31 years. So... 
uh, and Farsi a little bit changed over there. And there are more Ara Arabic words now in Farsi that I couldn't understand. And uh, but I said, you know, I'll go there, and I always ask the person uh, to read from the um, um, their binder or script they had, and then. Uh, I started talking. They asked me for four meetings or five meetings to be their speaker. So that was a great, uh, you know, experience. And so I tried to translate uh, English to Farsi. I, I, sometimes I said, I'm sorry if you don't understand me, <laughs> but I'm trying my best. And uh, But that was amazing. How wonderful it was. They were so accepting, very nice. And uh, they talked about the, um, difficult, the difficulties they had. And especially when they uh, clapped their hand, uh, you know, some of the places, they said, are you dancing, doing uh, something, uh, you know, happy stuff? And they said, no, you can come to our meeting and see we are not talking about anything, uh, you know, not uh, Islamic. And <laughs> so um, they came and they noticed, no, it's nothing to do with, you know, against Islam or those. And they came and and they, they notice everything is safe, so they let them to have their meeting. And, of course, the, because of inflation, they have some uh, money problem. But I was so excited to see the literature books in Farsi. And I bought, like, uh, maybe five, six of them because it was hard for me to bring it in my uh, luggages. But... Uh, because there are some weight uh, limit for the luggages. So, but I took them and I brought it. I was so happy. I gave it to my mom. I gave it over there, gave it to my cousins. And uh, I was so excited. And I said, wow, literature in Farsi. <laughs> and over there, I f forgot to take my literature book. So I was reading from the Farsi books and it was very helpful. And people called me. I called them over there for my outreach calls. And they helped me uh, to be abstinent through the whole time um, because uh, I went through so much emotions. I went through uh, up and down of emotion, taking care of the old stuff, my childhood stuff, and seeing my dad uh, for three and a half weeks. My dad keep asking, are we in USA or in Iran? And uh, he couldn't figure out. And I said, okay. And the best time, minutes, or moment I had, my mom and my aunt, they left the house. They had their stuff to do. And uh, I was with my dad. Uh, it was lunchtime. I asked my dad, come and eat. And I prepared his food. I, I prepared my food. And sitting down, and my dad recognizes me. I'm still her daughter his daughter. And that was really great moment for me. And in the past, for me, always I was thinking about the food. I want this. I want that. Oh, I remember in my childhood, I ate this. I want to eat more of those. But, uh, you know, I felt my feeling. And it's okay to feel my feeling. And also another thing, uh, how many more? 
two minutes about the responsibility um while i was uh, i'm still sponsoring and i remember one uh sponsee uh could not do uh you know her food plan and uh she was gaining weight and every time she weighed herself and i just wonder how can i help her and then after being her sponsor for uh four months she's telling me uh, you know, I was lying to you. I was eating everything, whatever I wanted to eat. And that hit me instead of feeling, you know, um, oh, I was thinking I'm a terrible sponsor. So it's my responsibility to um, take care of her and um, she can be abstinent. And then when I talked to my sponsor, my sponsor told me, you know, your sponsor's abstinence is her responsibility. And uh, you are responsible for your, um, uh, you, you are accountable for your uh, abstinence. And you are responsible for your abstinence. So that, um, that was really good experience. And that taught me so much. And another thing my sponsor told me, you know, life is like a heart monitor in the hospital. It has ups and downs. You want to see that line. And when it's flatliner, it's not good. So life, so that's good to have a life. It has up and down. That's really, it's a blessing. And now I'm learning so much from life. And 12-step uh, helped me to grow up emotionally and spiritually. And thank you for being here and listening to me. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, we're going to pa um, pass the Ask It Basket around one more time. And next, I'd like to introduce you. Our second speaker is Kate. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Manoush. Woo! Woo! My name is Kate, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Are there any compulsive eaters here besides myself? Thank you. I'm anxious about speaking. Maybe if we all went out and got something to eat. No. Okay. 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 Um, you know, and my other thought was I, when I checked in, I'm staying at the hotel, was that the mirror in my room is fabulous. I look two feet taller and 20 pounds lighter. And so I'm looking at the mirror wondering how I get it home. Do you think I have a problem? I know I do. And I'm a very grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater who has been abstinent in this program for 28 years. Thank you. It's not me. Okay? It's not me. And I'm so glad it's not me because I can't trust me around food. But I do trust my higher power. And as a friend of mine says, her sponsor says, hmm, 28 years, it's a start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I saw that the topic was acceptance is the key. I thought it said abstinence is the key. And when I realized my mistake, I was really relieved because this program isn't actually about what I put in my mouth or what I'm not putting in my mouth. It's about living fully. It's about living joyfully, or at least it is for me. 
If I had come to my first meeting and not felt better fast, I would have left. I wouldn't have stayed. I had done it with many other programs. But let me take you back a little bit. One of my first memories is going down to the kitchen early in the morning before everybody else got up and licking something off of all the desserts and putting them back in the box. I also would take food back up to my room and hide it. Now, we were not poor. There was more than enough food for everybody. But I would go to bed thinking about what my sisters had eaten and the fact that that meant there was less of whatever it was for me. I would get mad if the food I wanted, and again, we're not talking about basic food. We're talking about addictive food. If we didn't buy the kind I wanted, if for a holiday we didn't have something, if dinner was late, if somebody looked at me cross-eyed, I had a little problem with anger, just a little problem with anger. But a lot of it came down to, by the time I was, say, 11, being mad at me. I couldn't stop eating, and I didn't look beautiful. I didn't even look acceptable to me in the mirror. Nobody else was telling me this, but this is what I believed about me. Probably my first diet or it's the first thing I remember, is I remember telling one of my parents that I was drinking two six-packs of diet soda every day in high school. And he said, that's probably not really healthy. And I said, no, the seltzer won't hurt me. We all dropped the subject. I come from a family with addictions. I also come from a family that's educated and well-off. It's no respecter. I come from a family where there was abuse, Oh, well. I wrestle with PTSD. Oh, well. I love that this program does not require an advanced degree or sanity or comprehension. I want to give you something right now, and I'm going to keep repeating it. Somebody in program gave this to me, and they attached it to the first step, but I attach it to the whole program. Can you give up trying to figure things out? Can you give up trying to know what to do? This program is all for me about staying in today and following good orderly directions. That's an acronym for God. That's all this program is to me, is staying in today and following good orderly directions. When I was in my teens, I rebelled. I was defiant. I left home early. In my 20s, again, because I'm always wrestling with weight, I had joined and dropped out of many diet programs. I went to apply for some sort of a diet program that was going to be free if I fit the, 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 what they were looking for because it was somebody's graduate degree study. She weighed me. She measured me. She interviewed me and then cheerfully said, you are obese enough for the study. I knew she was not one of us. But I actually, when she started talking about the other people in the study, she couldn't understand why the uh, baseline week, where everybody was supposed to know what they ate, why everybody gained on the baseline week. She didn't understand it, but I got it. And it was my first clue there were people like me out there. Okay? Because I was eating everything I could get my hands on. 
knowing I was about to go on another diet. I have had many last suppers. Okay? Every night when I went to bed, up until the day I came into program, I was going to start a major diet the next day. Absolutely believed I was going to do it. And so I would eat everything the night before, and by 3 in the morning I was in the kitchen eating out of the fridge. By 8 I had breakfast, middle of the morning I ate something else, maybe lunch, hell in a handbasket. I love that if it was not going well, well, then I'll start on Monday. I'll start on my birthday. I'll start on the first day of the year. It never worked. When I, every once in a while, succeeded at a diet, I would stay on the diet for a while. It wouldn't go fast enough for me, and I would stop eating. I'd lose the weight quickly, and the day I lost the weight, I would go out and celebrate. I absolutely believed I would not regain the weight even while I was putting the food in my mouth. You see, I love this kind of fact because it tells me I am a compulsive overeater. I have the brain, and that doesn't change. You know, I'm in recovery. I love my life. I look in the mirror, and I see somebody I love every single day. Most days I look in the mirror, and I see somebody I consider beautiful, but I still have this brain. What got me into program? I was 33 when I came in, and some of the last straws were standing outside a bakery and screaming at my three-year-old because he wouldn't go in for his treat. Okay? Another last straw. I got myself through my days by bribing myself. I can get through this if I can go out and get something to eat later. It worked forever, and I have to tell you, I'm going to throw out another thing here that I think is important. When I put down the food finally, I found out that a lot of the reasons I had to eat went away. I had a lot of anger, and I had a lot of, because I could then justify going out. One day, I'd bribe myself. I was really angry. By the way, there was a particular fast food I got if I was really angry, because that would show them. But anyway, I got one of those days, and I promised myself I could go to the supermarket, and I could eat anything I wanted. I could bring home anything I wanted, and I ended up literally running up and down the aisles, and nothing was good enough. Nothing was going to make the pain go away. So I came into program in a small town in Texas, tiny meeting, everybody sitting around a table with the big book. I didn't like any of them. And I knew I could do it better than they did. Thankfully, I didn't say that, and I came back. But I want to read to you one of the first things I heard out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. When I came into program 28 years ago, OA had not yet developed a lot of its literature. I think the OA literature is fabulous. I'm glad we still use the big book, too. This is from page 417. It's in in other editions, other page, on acceptance. Acceptance is the answer to all of my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. 
until I could accept my alcoholism, my compulsive overeating. I could not stay sober, abstinent. Unless I accept my life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. But, 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 but. What do you mean? But people aren't nice and horrible, horrible things happen. Wait a minute. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. I hear the pain and the defiance in people, and I heard it myself. And there are times I still run into it when I say that shouldn't have happened. This does not mean that if a car is out of control and coming at me, I don't step out of the way. If someone tries to hit me, I don't let them hit me. But it does mean that until I accept whatever the situation is, including my compulsive eating, for exactly what it is, there's nowhere to go. Denial, defiance, my best friends. Absolutely, my best friends still. Sweet brain, sweet compulsive overeater brain. I love myself. It's not been easy living with this brain as long as I have. But I heard what this said, and I asked questions about it. And I began to accept that it wasn't going to be a quick diet. And I particularly knew I was going to have to work the steps with the help of a sponsor. Why? Because what worked for millions of alcoholics? It wasn't a diet. And they didn't do it alone. I was not a joiner. I did not particularly like people, because as long as I stayed away from people, I could feel superior. When I got around them, I noticed that a lot of them knew more than I did. A lot of you know more than I know. That's why I'm here this weekend, so I can hear you when you talk about recovery. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. You mean I was supposed to be a compulsive overeater? Yeah, but I'm not supposed to suffer with it. I get to recover with it. I asked the one person at this little meeting in Texas who I really felt understood abstinence and sponsorship to be my sponsor. She was horrible. She had me call in my food the next day. She, and the calling in the food was I was supposed to tell her what were my binge and trigger foods. That was incredibly freeing. This meeting is about joy. That was freeing. To tell somebody else the foods I couldn't handle was wonderful. Because all she said was, you've told me, and I'm sure your higher power heard that too. Now go out. You do not have to eat these foods today. And notice the gifts in your path and say thank you. And I did. And I do. And I'm very fortunate. I've always had sponsors. Right now, I have several. I used to think you should have one, suck them dry, and then get another. But over the years, people move away. People come in. There are different needs. And I'm so glad now. Recently, I had, a, I had a very large personal problem a few years ago, and I worked with three different sponsors to help me get through the steps around this particular problem. I am so lucky. Well, what's the point of this if I can't eat my binge foods? <laughs> what's the point of it if we can't eat our binge foods? 
all of the rest of life appears. Abstinence is the action of refraining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors. That's pretty simple. Most of us come into program, I think, knowing what those are. I did. So what about the rest of life? I'm not the angriest person I know anymore. Not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. One day this week I was at work. It was a very long day at work. I had to deal with a lot of people. A lot of people had issues. At some point I had to do institute a disciplinary procedure for somebody. And at the end of the day, I thought, huh, this has been a great day. I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry. I think all of the emotions are wonderful. I agree that all of the emotions have to be felt and heard. But they don't, one emotion doesn't have to rule my life anymore. Due to the steps and due to sponsorship. Thank you. I wanted to share a little bit about travel. And I say this because it took me so many years to realize that if I was really going to enjoy going somewhere, the best thing I could do was get to a meeting first. I need to feel grounded. I need to feel connected to you, my community. The first time I went to a meeting in another country was in Canada. And I was mad as hell. This is always a tip-off for me when I'm mad as hell. I walked in. They weren't doing it right. They weren't doing it the same way my meeting did it at home. So I sat down and I listened and I participated. And there was this woman next to me who was particularly irritating. She didn't seem to be paying attention to the meeting. She was drawing. She had pencils and paper and she was drawing. And towards the end of the meeting, I I was meeting somebody, so I did leave a little early. So I got up quietly, went out the door. She followed me and gave me a card that she spent the whole meeting creating, welcoming me to their meeting and thanking me for coming. And because she'd listened to what I said in the meeting, saying she hoped I had a wonderful vacation. This is who we are. I went to London, went, found a meeting, tiny meeting, and I'm too glad that there are different avenues within OA so everybody gets what they need. This was a 90-day meeting, 90 meeting. It was very small. I walked in. Um, they said, this is 90. Are you okay? I said, I'm fine with that. And I sat, listened to what the criteria was for sharing. What they did, because they were such a small meeting, was to turn on a tape. And it was from a state I grew up in. Somebody in that state was talking on the tape. But at the end, this lovely patrician, old woman who had been sitting next to me and hadn't said a word, leaned over and said, If you'd like someone to talk to while you're here, here's my phone number. (laughs) And we talked every day. We talked every day. Two weeks ago, I was in Maine. I lived 20 years in Maine. And I went to the meeting that I attended for 20 years. And they asked me to be the speaker. And some of the faces were familiar and some of them weren't. But all of it was home. The joy of this program starts with not having to compulsively overeat or obsess about food. But it expands and it soars and it sings because of the community we are. I hope you have a wonderful weekend here. Thank you very much.
We have time for about one question. <laughs> this one's specifically to Kate. How do you come to accept something that truly feels so unacceptable? Excuse me. That's a really good question. Um, I don't turn on a dime myself. And so when trauma or horror or loss appear, I talk to my sponsors. I talk to my sponsors. I talk to my sponsors. And eventually I get to the point that I'm willing to work steps around it. Okay, I'm supposed to end now. It is now time to close this session. Please stand and join hands as we close with the OA promise, I put my hand in yours.